Hi, this is Tina Black, and this is the B-Series Podcast. Today, we'll be exploring untold stories of transformation and leadership. We hope you'll subscribe and check out the B-Books and send us your stories of transformation after listening. This is one of those podcast episodes that I wish was video the whole way through because if you could just see Dr. Stella Spicer Davis right now and to see how gorgeous she is, I'm telling you right now. So, because Stella, we usually only have a few marketing pieces with this podcast, but you are one of the most beautiful friends that I've ever had in my life. You're my goal of what I want to be. You have to know this right now, everybody, she's 73 years old and you would never guess it because she looks actually younger than I do. And that's just, that's making me feel bad. You know, that is not true. <laughs> that is absolutely not true. You, a little hair and makeup makes a big difference. You're gorgeous. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I have to introduce you to my friend, Dr. Stella Spicer Davis. So she's one of the most incredible human beings you'll ever meet. I actually met her years ago in the Paul Mitchell school world. But one of the things that attracted me to her is she's the founder of the Christian Hairdressers Association, International Association. And so she's going to talk a little bit about that. And it was actually one of the reasons why I actually went into the Paul Mitchell school world because she had started this organization and Jean Bra, who was a very famous hairdresser, she was a part of that international association. And so when I read about that in a magazine, it actually drew my attention to be a part of the Paul Mitchell School world. And, and so we all know the story that I've been a part of Paul Mitchell since 2001. You used to be a part of it. Now you have an organization called Dr. Stella Spicer Ministries. You're not slowing down anytime at all, <laughs> which I love because you're my goals. Actually, my grant, let me ask you this because my, my daughter thinks I should slow down and I'm sure you've been through this too with your daughters. You have two daughters oh, yes. are actually yes, a little I bit do. younger than I am and mm -hmm. they have grandchildren. You've got five grandchildren. So are they all wanting you? Do they all say, mom, you need to slow down? Like, what do you get from your family? Well, you know, right now I'm in a different season because my mother, I'm a caregiver for my 90 year old mother and we live together. Wow. So my pace has shifted because she's my priority now. Yeah. So my, my daughters, they don't really tell me to slow down. They just know that I have to really, you know, pace myself because of the responsibility that I have now, as far as caregiving for my mother. So they're pretty, um, I'd say they are okay right now with the pace because we, we do a lot of things together. You know, I do a lot of things. I take her a lot, of, most places, you know, and uh, spend as much time as I can cooking. And because I'm the only, you know, we don't have anybody coming in. So I'm it. And uh, right now that is my priority. So I just try to get all this other stuff in between time, you know, when uh, I'm not, cooking or cleaning or shopping or washing or doing all those other things. That's amazing. I love that so much. And so maybe your family just finally gave up on you because I'm thinking like eventually I'll wear them down and they'll give up on trying to run my life, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, that no, believe me, they still try to run my life. They still do that. <laughs> yes. Because that's the reason I'm here now because they like mom, you know, you got to do this. You're the only one. You're the oldest. You know, it's your responsibility. So you're the one that I moved out of my place to move here with her. Yeah. And that was a bit, it took me probably a good year to make that decision because I just didn't want to do it. Yeah. Oh, but, you know, sure. the Holy Spirit just said, no, it's on you. So, And it's not forever, but it is for a season. That's amazing. You know, it's interesting. I'm actually, I just finished writing an article for One Dominion magazine and they asked me to write on selfishness. Mm -hmm. And so that is actually a very selfless act. So can you share with the, the listeners right now, like how do you stay? And you talked about the Holy Spirit. You just flippantly meant message that, right? Mentioned that and where people are like, what is she talking about? Holy Spirit. Um, wow. Talk about that because how do you know areas in your life? Because I just did a class yesterday on work-life balance and I was I was telling yeah. them, 
that you have to kind of separate the two between a good idea and a God idea. Yes. And that's kind of more of like the selflessness, so to speak, right? Can you mm -hmm. kind of talk on your end what that means to you, how you navigate that? Yes, I can, because I've been teaching on that, as a matter of fact. Uh, the name of my uh, podcast is Spirit, Soul, and Body. Beautiful. And what I've been learning as, you know, you know, when you teach, you learn. Uh, so what I've been learning is that, you know, we are a tripartite being. There's three parts to us. We are a spirit. We have a soul. And we live in this physical body. So the spirit of man, that's how we contact God with our spirit. Our soul encompasses our mind, our will, our emotions, and our attitudes. And then, of course, we live in this body, this house that we've been given to navigate us through the world where we contact, you know, touch, taste, smell, all of the senses. That's what we use our body for is to contact the senses. So when it comes to hearing from God versus, you know, is it my soul or is it my spirit? So I have to really go into the spirit world, into the realm of the spirit and really begin to inquire of the Lord. It's like, okay, God, now, you know, is this the direction that you would have me to go? And the more time I spend, because he said, if we seek, we'll find, ask, it'll give a knock and the door shall be given, be open rather. But he also says we have not because we ask not or we ask with the wrong motive. You know, sometimes we'll ask and we'll be like, okay, I really want him to tell me. I really want God to tell me what I want to hear. You know, so that's the wrong motive. If we're open to hear what he wants, the direction that he wants us to go in, then we will be sensitive to the, he said, my sheep know my voice and the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. So as we learn to hear the voice of God, and then the other part of that is being obedient. Because, you know, our, our soul realm wants to do what we want to do. You know, the body, because there's a war going on between the, the spirit and the soul and the body. The body is our flesh. And, of course, our flesh always wants to do what it wants to do. We want to eat what we want to eat, go where we want to go, see what we want to see. So we have to die to our flesh so that our spirit man can rise up. And then our soul is like in the middle. So it's like, okay, so, so because that's our will and God has given us a free will. So we can either will to go with the will of God or will to go on our own, you know, and say, okay, well, you know, this is the way I want to go. I don't know if that's God or not. I don't really care if it is or not, because I still want to do what I want to do. That's where the selfishness comes in. But then when we yield our will to his will then we become selfless because we belong to him even if we say we belong to him then we got to prove it we got to say okay we can't just words don't mean anything unless there's action behind it because life and death is in the power of the tongue so when we speak and decree a thing then not only should we speak it we should be living it otherwise what's the point it's like words that are just falling to the ground so we have to be our own, um, we have to have integrity within ourselves. And when we say, or when God says, okay, I want you to do this, and then you decide that you want to do something else, then that's called rebellion. And <laughs> I know we're going to talk about that today. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Okay, I just thought of a That word. was a long answer to a <laughs> short question. So good because the selfishness comes from the flesh. And I, yes. I have a new word called self-fleshness. Oh, right? that's a good one. <laughs> right? I like that. So that is so good. And I love how you separated the soul and the spirit. I never heard it that way before, Stella. You're such an incredible teacher. And by the way, I've been binge listening your you, to your YouTube channel, which by the way, you have to go to our YouTube channel. It's Spirit, Soul, and Body Beautiful and uh, start to binge listen to these. They're so good. My husband, Brian, listened to it. He said, she's the best pastor I've ever heard. And for him to say that, you've got to be really good. So this thing is going to blow up big time. And I know my listeners are going to start listening to you as well, too. And there's just something about your voice. You could listen to you for hours. It's And the way you flow in scripture, and you can hear scripture over and over and over. And can you dive a little bit more? Because 
one of the things that we've been talking a lot about to leaders lately, and not only in our own companies, but I also coach a lot of entrepreneurs and nonprofits, is really watching your motive. And so what is your real motive here? Can you dive a little bit deeper into that? And how do you navigate that, Stella, yourself? And how do you coach people through that process? Well, you know, I have to take you to scripture because in James, I believe it's chapter one, it says, I can quote it instead of looking it up. It says, we have not because we ask not, or we ask with the wrong motive, and that motive would be to consume it upon our own lustful desires. But what I've learned about that is, you know, unless, okay, say for example, I'll I'll give you an example. You know, you you meet someone and you say, wow, you know, I really like that guy, you know, he's, you know, all that, and he looks like somebody that, you know, we could really, you know, do some great things together. And then, You find out, oh, he's married. So right then and there, that should let you know that, you know, you might have had the desire for this person, but once you find out that that person is already taken, then you can't just be, you know, like praying, oh, well, you know, God, I I really like him. Maybe he'll leave his wife. Maybe, you know, something's going to happen that we're going to be together. Well, I know it's kind of a, you know, way out example, but people do that. And yeah. they have the wrong motive. You know, you, you if you're asking for a mate, then you have to trust that God is going to send you that right person because he said that um, man shall not. He said that uh, when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing and he, he obtains favor from the Lord. So if you're um, waiting in waitings, for example, for your mate, then you have to really trust God that he's going to send you the right person and it's going to be at the right time. And you're going to know you can't just say, well, you know, I want this person because I don't really care. He's I don't care who he belongs to, if he's married or whatever. So you're praying, but you're praying with the wrong motive because God is not going to go against his will. Marriage is sacred. He's the one that brings men and women together. And so you cannot pray against the word of God. But see, the problem with a lot of, well, I won't say a lot. Some people, they don't know what the word is. They don't know the, you know, the word. So when they're praying, if they're not praying according to the will of God, then they're praying with the wrong motive. They're praying against the will because they don't know what the will of God is. So, you know, you can only pray according to the will of God when you know what the will of God is. So that's the difference in terms of, you know, having the right motive or it, it, not just with marriage and relationships, with business, you know, with anything. You know, if you think about it, it's like God creating me a clean heart. That's a prayer that we have to pray on a daily. Creating me a clean heart, renewing me a right spirit. The right spirit is that you're in right standing with God. We've been made righteous by the blood of Jesus. And righteousness is in standing in the place of righteousness with God. So if you're in right standing with him, there's no way that you're going to pray against his will. You're going to yield to the will of God. And when you say, I surrender all, that means everything. And that's a level of trust that we're all trying to get to because, you know, we don't always trust God. We we want to you know, move in the direction that we feel is going to be best. But he said, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So his way is the best way, but it's up to us to find out what it is so that we can get in, in that right lane. And that takes, takes work. It just doesn't happen because if it did, we'd all just, you know, just, you know, have this glorious life with no tests, no trials, no tribulations, no persecution. But we know that is not you know, the real true life, the life of Christ, of course, is that we're striving to become more like him. But in the interim, you know, we've got to press toward the mark of the prize, the high calling in Christ Jesus. And that press is moving forward, you know, making sure that we are doing, being a doer of the word and not just to hear only because we can hear the word. It can be like, oh, that's great. But is it moving us in the direction of him? Because the more we hear, 
then the more faith we're going to have to do what he's called us to do. So what happens if you're not hearing the word? How can you do the word if you don't hear the word? I mean, how can you <laughs> how can you really know what the will of God is unless we spend that time learning, you know, growing, meditating? And see, that takes time. See, we've got if we're really committed to God and his will. Well, see, I'm called, so I don't really have a choice. Mm -hmm. You know, when you when you're called of God, then your whole life journey should be doing the will of God because you're responsible to to not only be an example but to teach it to other people and you can't be a hypocrite and, and say well do as I say not as I do then other people will stumble because they're going to watch your life they're not going to necessarily listen to what you say but they are going to watch you and yeah. they want to see how you're going to respond to life and that makes the difference because our response will determine somebody else's destiny Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. So I'm going to call this be called. And the reason why I'm calling it that is because yesterday when I was doing this workshop for women, it was actually called uh, the National Association of Career Women. And uh -huh. I told them, I said, if I could rename the name of this association, I would call it the National Association of Called Women. Ooh. And I said, how about we we press on towards a goal of having a calling instead of a career something that we wouldn't have to retire from and Ooh. so um, and so i know it like spoken to the women that day or yesterday and so stella can you talk a little bit more about that because obviously you're 73 years old you're not slowing down you're speeding up <laughs> Right. Talk, encourage people right now in finding their calling, if you will. Okay. Well, I'll talk about my experience because I think that will help others. Mm -hmm. Well, I uh, am a licensed hairstylist and have been now for almost 52 years. So the first 25 years of my career was striving to be the best hairstylist, the best teacher, the best in the industry. That was my goal. But during that time, of course, I had two salons, uh, one in Northern California, one in um, Hollywood here where I live in Los Angeles for the people that are in the other parts of the country. And um, in the process of me really, you know, my career taking off and wanting to just be the best I ended up uh, going to Chicago. One of my friends opened a school there. Well, she was the director, the manager, the, uh, and this was Wilford Beauty Academy. And so she wanted me to come. So I left my salon and, you know, moved across the country, 2,000 miles away from Los Angeles. And while I was there, I got very discouraged because I was in a relationship that wasn't working. So I said, I was at a very low point because I thought that this was going to be my husband. We were going to live happily ever after, but that didn't happen. So I started crying out to God. It's like, what am I doing? I'm 2000 miles away. I had left my girls with my mom. They eventually came to move with me in Chicago, but nevertheless, this is what happened for me. I'm crying. I'm, you know, just really bawling and feeling low. I've left my home, left my business, left everything. So the Lord began to speak to me and, and share with me that he was um, going to have me go back to California. And I was like, oh, goody. But at the same time, while I was crying out to him, he began to minister to me about my future. He started telling me that he had his hand on me, that this wasn't where I was supposed to be. I was supposed to be back in L.A. Long story short, I moved back. To, the, the company moved me back to L.A. because we were opening a school downtown Los Angeles. And that was one of the largest Wilford Beauty Academies that, you know, I was the director of this huge 800 student school. <laughs> wow. But at the same time. God was calling me because while I was teaching and directing there, I started going to this church, Crenshaw Christian Center, one of my uh, peers, colleagues had invited me to go to church. And when I got there, I was like, oh my God, it was a huge church. I mean, people were praising the Lord, speaking in tongues and, you know, just, it was, it was awesome. So while I was there, 
I rededicated my life to the Lord. I signed up for baptism. I also um, got filled with the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. And I joined the church all at the same time, all in one day, one Sunday. I was like, okay, <laughs> this is it. I'm sold out. And um, I know this is a long story, but the first lady of the church, she was having a woman's conference. And so, you know, I'm gung-ho, I'm zealous, I'm going to everything, Bible study, you know, new members class, everything. So I went to this woman's retreat and Gloria Copeland, you know, Kenneth Copeland's mm, wife, Wow. she was, she was one of the teachers and she was up there and she was preaching and, oh, it's just like, oh my God was just talking to me. And that is where I heard God say, I've called you. You see that lady up there? That's what I've called you to do. And I was wow. like, Bitch, no way. So that's how it all began. And what I did when I got back to church, I went to counseling and there was a female pastor on staff. And I, I went to her and I said, you know, Wanza, her name was Wanza Guillory. She's gone. She's with the Lord now. And I said, Wanza, I believe that I heard God call me to ministry, but I, I don't know what that means. There's no ministry to my family. I have no idea. I said, I'm a hairstylist. What? I'm not a preacher. I'm not a teacher. She said, well, let me recommend this class that you go to, and it's Discovering Your Purpose in the Body of Christ. It's a 12-week course. I went, and God confirmed his word with sign following. By the time the course was over, it didn't even take 12 sessions. I knew that he had called me. So then I went and signed up for the school of ministry, went back to my church, signed up, and then that's where the process began. And I felt like I was a fish out of water because I kept saying, I'm, I'm a hairstylist. I don't know anything about, you know, the word, even though I grew up in a church, a Baptist church, but, you know, I didn't really, I strayed away, you know, got pregnant out of high school, all that other, all the other things that I did pregnant while I was in high school, not out of high school, <laughs> graduated pregnant at seven months from high school. But in the meantime, while I was, um, I went through the school of ministry, I was still working. My daughters were teenagers at the time, and it was that was a very rough time because my girls were still in high school. Well, Tony had graduated. Esty was still in high school, um, and I was working full-time at this school trying to build this 800, <laughs> this school that was massive downtown LA on 5th and Broadway, and then I'm going to school at night. But, you know, as I was going, I was learning, and I was drawing closer to the Lord, and you know, it just evolved from there. And then the Lord dropped in my spirit, the Christian Cosmetology International Association. I was like, what is that? And I even called my mom and I said, mom, have you ever heard of the Christian Cosmetology? Now, my mom's a hairstylist too and has been, you know, she heard, she's been licensed over 65 years. But I said, have you ever heard of that before? She's like, no, but it sounds good to me. I don't know what it is. I said, I don't either, but God told me I'm driving on the freeway uh, to Hollywood, going to my other school. And he dropped that in my spirit. Mm. And then, you know, he began to tell me that it's an outreach ministry. He gave me a scripture, let the beauty of the Lord be upon us to establish the work of our hands. Yea, the, the work of our hands, Psalms 90, 17. And, um, then I started sharing it with people and then God sent a great man of God, a mentor to help to mentor me. He was already in the ministry and knew the word. And so he had this business where he would go around to different salons and he was selling his, he made, he was an artist and he made these gift cards and he would sell them at salons. And so he started telling me, he's like, Stella, come on, I'll take you to all the salons that, that, you know, I've been going to. And then, you know, we can start setting up meetings and, you know, I'm, I'll get you started. I'll, I'll do the prayer. I'll lay hands on it. I'll do everything. And you just watch me. And then, you know, so that's what I did. And, but he was so powerful. In fact, he, he lives in, um, uh, uh Ohio, and we're still friends today. Uh, but he was the one that God used to really help get me started in ministry. You know, you got to have somebody that you can, you know, follow after that can teach you, even though I was in school, but it was different having someone hands on 
you know, that could really show me, especially going into beauty salons, because, you know, <laughs> you know, all those hairdressers and they're looking at you like, what do you, you want to pray? You know, you want to talk about God? <laughs> what, 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 what? Amazing. But, oh, but see, he was, my gosh. But he was bold. Yeah. See, he, yeah, because he was already flowing in the things of God. I'm just like a newbie yeah. standing back like, oh, my God, will I ever be able to do that? But that's how it started. So with the association, he said it's nonprofit. And it just began to build from there. But he said, I'm combining your profession and your ministry. Well, back in those days, it was like marketplace ministry. People weren't talking about marketplace ministries. I wanted to be a pastor. You know, I want if I was going to do anything, I, I didn't see myself as worthy. If I wasn't standing behind a pulpit teaching or preaching, I didn't think that that ministry outreach you know, what, what does that really mean? It didn't really mean that much to me. But then when I started having Bible studies in the salons and people started getting healed, delivered and set free. And, you know, I started laying hands on people and we'd have prayer meetings. And, you know, then I was like, maybe there is something to this after all. But for years, I struggled with that. I, I didn't feel like, you know, what I was doing was really worthy of being called a minister of the gospel. But now I know that he was just preparing me for where I am now and where I'm going, but it was all preparation. I mean, all preparation. Wow. Okay. This is so good because part of being called is all about being prepared. And so it's so, it's so fun because I'm actually doing a course right now with uh, pastor Tim's story and it's, oh, he's it's awesome. a coaching class. Yes. Oh. And so, and I love it because instead of a hairstylist, I'm a lifestylist, right? Oh, and so learning, yes. Learning through that process. And, and he talks about, you know, you, in order to reach your harvest, you have to, first, you've got to plow and then you've yeah. got to plant and you've got to yeah. water. And so yes. you're talking about plowing, planting, watering, but yes. for years, and it doesn't happen overnight. And going back to Gloria Copeland, you saw a vision of who you could be, but yes. obviously it didn't happen for years later. You still had to years. plow and trials yes. started happening because guess what? Crises are going to come, right? I'm trials are going to come, but it's almost like God saying, what are you going to do with this? And I, I want you to share your story because we skipped over this real fast. You got pregnant in high school. Yes. Let's talk about that. Well, it was devastating because I was an athlete. You know, I was destined to, you know, I played volleyball, tennis, swam, basketball, ran. I, I was on the track team and all of that. And um, what happened was I, I ended up meeting this guy. He was from Pasadena. Uh, and I live in, in Monrovia, which is like maybe 10, 15 miles away. And uh, we started, you know, hanging out, dating, smoking weed. And before I know it, you know, here I am pregnant and I'm in my last year in high school. And oh my God, it was devastating, really. But at the same time, I thought, I, I thought about abortion, but I knew I, I, I couldn't do it. I didn't have the heart to do it. Neither did I want to do it. And one of the things that was so amazing is that he was so supportive and his mother was just over the moon about the fact that she was having a grandchild. And so she planned our wedding. She's like, no, you guys are going to get married. You know, you're going to live happily ever after. I'm going to help you. She got our first apartment, everything. You know, she was just, like I said, very supportive. So when my daughter was two, that's when we end up getting married. But the fact that, um, you know, I did get my diploma. I wasn't able to march. I didn't have on my cap and gown. I was sitting in the stands because the graduation was outdoors on the um, at the football stadium. And I'm sitting there, you know, my stomach out to here. But my boyfriend at the time, who later became my husband, he was right there with me. So um, had the baby who will, by the way, be 55 on next Sunday. That's Tony, my oldest daughter. Uh, and I'm so proud of her. She's just amazing. So I'm so glad that, <laughs> that you know, I didn't do anything stupid. However, um, you know, we, my husband and I, we were together for about seven years and then I filed for divorce. So now I'm a single mom. By then I've had a second daughter. So here I am 
two daughters, one eight, one four at the time of the divorce. And I'm working, I'm in the salon. At that point, I'm in iMagnon's uh, Beverly Hills because I always, right out, right out of school, I had to go to the best. <laughs> so I went to Beverly Hills. One of my teachers, by the way, that taught at Marinello, she was one of my instructors, but she became the manager of iMagnon in Beverly Hills. And she remembered me from school because I was so busy. You know, I was one of the most, I was probably one of the most booked students in school because I loved what I was doing. But at the same time, when she was hiring and building the team for Glimby International, which I'm sure you, you're you familiar oh, with. Yeah. yeah, she called me one day and I was in a little small salon in Pasadena, just you know making my way through because I was pregnant with uh, my second daughter at the time. And when she called me and asked me to come to Beverly Hills, I was like, well, I can't come right now because I'm getting ready to have a baby. <laughs> I said, but as soon as I have this baby, I'm coming to Beverly Hills. So as soon as my daughter was born, I think she was two months old. I dropped her off and headed to Beverly Hills. And, you know, I was working in that salon. And uh, but at the same time, being a single mom trying to work, you know, raise two daughters. It was it was hard. I, I'm not going to lie. It was not easy because, you know, money was short. Uh, I was working, but I. I had just really got started in the business. So I wasn't making that much money. And plus driving like 30 miles every day, one way, just to go from Monrovia to Beverly, <laughs> just because of the prestige. But see, God was still preparing me because my clientele, well, you can imagine in Beverly Hills, they're very demanding. And I didn't know what I was doing, but I was ready. I was eager. I was ready to serve whatever they needed. If you wanted your hair up to here, I'd, you know, teasing. <laughs> but uh, like I said, during that time, then I ended up moving to San Francisco because at that time, during those years, I was really tr trying to break away from my marriage. So I said, okay, I'm out of here. Moved to San Francisco, transferred to iMagnus up there, then it for, end up further, ended up moving further north, bought a salon. Well, actually one of my clients, she bought the salon for me or she said you know wow. Stella I love you you know you're so good I, I if you ever decide you want to open up and open up a salon I'm here for you so she and her husband wow they backed me and there I was it was called PhD precision hair design and it was in a college town in Sonoma California where I was trying to go to school at Sonoma State I only went a couple of semesters because I, I one of the reasons I left San Francisco because I said one of my clients again clients are awesome you know they they, they can really navigate your life so she yes. says Stella you ever thought about going back to school she was a professor at Sonoma State University and she said you know they have a re-entry program you could get, I'm in my 30s now she said mm -hmm. you could get into that program because you know it would be great so I ended up that was why I went up there was to go back to school. But after I got up there, money started getting funny. And I was like, I got to get in the salon. I got to I gotta make some money. So I ended up buying a salon, PhD, Precision Hair Design. Now, what's interesting about this salon, Tina, is it was an all-white salon. Yeah. Wow. So here wow. I am. What year was that? What year was that? <laughs> that was in 80, um, I think it was like around... 82 83 wow. yeah yeah so yeah but I went in she wanted to sell I bought and all the clients you know all the stylists all the barbers because it was a barber salon and a beauty salon we had a nail uh, section too, uh manicure so it was a full service salon back in those days you know they had a lot of full service salons so yeah. here I was and um it was it was interesting because but you know what I was I've made some major steps in my life and a lot of them have been crossover been crossover steps to industries and companies and business like Paul Mitchell like like Glimby International I was the first African American uh, female on their design team wow. me and my friend Debbie uh, when I went to uh, uh, Wilfrid Beatty Academy in Chicago. I was the first African-American director they had. Then, you know, Paul Mitchell, there weren't very many of us then. There are probably more now. But when I started there in 2001, you know, there were very few of us that were in 
uh, leadership position. So God has used me in that on that level to just step out, you know, not be concerned about anything other than my skills, my talent, my ability. But he gave me that boldness. And um, but you were asking me about being single and raising kids and all that. I don't know how I got into all that. But anyhow, that's important because it goes back to the preparation stage and integrity of leadership starts at home. And you made the right decisions from day one, number one, to have your children. And what I think is incredible, Stella, is now you work with your daughters. You do a lot of things with your daughters. They're your best friends you've never gotten remarried you've stayed single and and I love that story because I actually help a nonprofit. it's called bridge builders and it's actually for single really yes and it's so incredible how um how your story is just is so beautiful because so many people need to hear your story and so share with the listeners right now why you've stayed single and, you know, I, I, I could have called this be single too, you know, <laughs> be celibate, be, Hey, look, remember you said be abstinent, be sleep. Yeah. You talked about that. Well, that, yeah. that we could do that too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we could probably talk about so many things or so many bees we could do. Right. Uh, but kind of talk to people because in order to be called, you've got to be careful who you allow in your inner circle. And so can you talk about that, the importance of that and making the right choices for a mate? And and why did you choose not to bring on another mate? (laughs) Well, Tina, you know, like I said, remember when I said I I moved to Chicago because I thought I was going to get married. Okay, when I came back to California, since that didn't work, I came back to California. Then I did meet another guy a couple of years later. And I, we were working together in the salon and he was a hairdresser, well-known, I won't call his name, but nevertheless, you know, we dated for a while and I thought that we were going to get married at some point, but that didn't work. He ended up marrying somebody else. So, okay. All right, Lord. Now, obviously I'm not good at picking mates, so I need you to pick one for me. <laughs> that's that's two, look, two strikes and the next yeah. one you're out. So. Uh, I made a decision after that breakup. I said, okay, Father, you're going to have to help me. First, I had to ask the Holy Spirit to help me to get delivered from that relationship because I was so, you know, in love and thinking that, and my heart was broken and, you know, I was all in the flesh and just like, oh God, how am I ever going to get over this? So I said, you got to help me because I can't live my life, you know, being concerned about this person I want to live for you and it took it took some time but finally it's like okay I'm free I'm free I'm free free." because I kept hearing the word you know that um you want to the only way you can be free to live for God is you can't have all these attachments you know um to your past and you know all these soul ties and you know things that we try to hold on to then god is saying release it because i need you to trust me a hundred percent so i finally got to that point it was like but with a lot of help because i have a lot of female friends that are spiritual mothers and you know that have really prayed with me and prayed for me in fact i just lost one of my spiritual mothers um just um this week and i'm i'm really sad about that but i I haven't, she's not lost. I know where she is. I have her picture right in my bathroom right now because I'm just remembering how she helped me, particularly through that relationship. She said, you got to stand on the word of God. She said, no matter what, no matter what comes along. And then the pastor who, Apostle Frederick Casey Price, he's with the Lord now. Uh, He died during the time of COVID, but he was a hard taskmaster. And one of the things he would always say is that you cannot put yourself in a position to to fall. He said, it's a choice. And one of the things that he would say to us in teaching, he would say, I never counsel a woman without my wife being in the counseling room. He said, why? Because I'm human. I'm flesh. And if somebody, you know, throws himself at me, then I might be vulnerable. 
not that he was ever going to do it, but he knew that the flesh and the spirit were always warring against each other. So those were some lessons that I learned. It's like, no, I'm not going to be, you know, put myself in a position where I'm going to be compromised. And, you know, I'm not going to bring anybody around my girls because I don't want to be, you know, I don't want them to have to feel like they're competing with me or bringing some person that, you know, that could potentially be a hazard and a problem and rather than a blessing. So I never brought any men around my daughters. And so over the years, I've just learned to be content at the state that I'm in. I know that God has a mate for me, you know, but I'm not anxious about it. I just, I'm, I'm really content. I've been celibate. I've been abstinent for, I would say almost 30 years now. And I know a lot of people wouldn't believe that. I don't really care if they do or not, because I know it's true. But, <laughs> you know, I have given myself totally over to the Lord. And yeah. has it been easy? I, I'm not going to lie. No, it's not easy because I'm still in this flesh. But I've determined, you know, once your intention is set, then you can do anything that you choose to do. So I can minister that to a, a lot of women, young women, older women, because there's women that are my age that are still, you know, date not dating but you know they're still having sex outside of marriage and doing all yeah. kind of things with their bodies but I'm not going to do that I'm determined not to so okay. it's it's a choice to live a lifestyle for Christ and God even told me he said you're gonna you're gonna share that with women and they're gonna be blessed by your testimony he yeah. started telling me that lately and I'm like well I don't want to have to tell everybody that he said where are you going to I said, okay, well, here I am talking to you about it, being celibate and single and abstinent. But, you know, it's okay because I'm free. You, yeah, you have Incredible. to be free to be able to talk about it. You have to have gone through it to be able to, to share it with somebody else. So, you know, it's incredible. There it is. I love that story so much because I, the, I truly believe the world needs to hear that story from you right now because you don't hear this often at all. And one of the other things I want you to talk about as we start to close this out, I wish we could go do this for eight hours. I'm not kidding. Uh, but something you said that I think really hit home on, on to be called, which I think is so important, which I think kind of goes with that plow, plant, water, harvest kind of situation is, mm -hmm. you know, not resenting small beginnings um, yes. and where you're planted. And I think yeah. part of that is serving people right in front of you. And yes. you know, talking to a staff member and I said, listen, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. And Jesus right. never came and like told people what to do. He what he asked and he told parables. He asked questions. Yes. Right? And so we can follow that example as a leader, right, of serving the person right in front of you. Can you talk about that? Because I think that's so critical as you as you go to your calling, because I think right now you know people they see something and they want it now and they're like i want to be gloria copeland now and but yeah. if god gave you gloria copeland right then and there you would have mm -hmm. fell on your face you needed to go through the plow plant water exactly season, year after year and god's timing's better than our timing right for the harvest <laughs> absolutely absolutely once we get that revelation then you know it's gonna help us to not be anxious for anything he said he said to not be anxious yeah. you know for anything but by prayer supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known and the peace of god you know will guard our hearts so the calling you know i've been i think i shared with you if i didn't i'm a student at morris cirillo school of ministry and one of the things he teaches is that we're all ministers yeah, I was like, I never really heard that before, but it is biblical. Yeah. We all have a ministry and, you know, yeah. but also at the same time, he talks about in the word uh, that he's called apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, the work of the ministry, and the edifying and the building up of the body of Christ. Those are the men and women that um, he led captivity captive when Jesus, you know, when he uh, went to hell and came back and he he appointed apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. So those are the men and women that, you know, have certain positions. You know, the pastors, of course, they lead the flock. 
the evangelists, they usually travel around and, you know, um, from different churches and they minister. Uh, the apostles and prophets are the ones that God is really raising up during these end times because, you know, they got the word in their mouth and they can decree a thing. And, you know, well, you know about the apostles and prophets, but and then there's teachers. You know, I, I'm called as a teacher um, and also I evangelist. Those are the two offices. But then there's other offices. There's um, uh, spiritual gifts. There's a uh, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, um, diverse kinds of tongues, special faith. They're all listed in, in Corinthians. And then there's the grace gifts, you know, those that are called uh, for hospitality and administration and all those other things. So, so there are categories of callings. Not everybody's called as an apostle. Not everybody's called as a pastor, teacher, prophet. But those are the people that God uses to help us and teach us, you know, when you go to church and you listen to your pastor, it's like, it's not like listening to a friend who maybe is a Christian that knows a little bit about the word. That man is anointed and appointed by God or woman to teach the word of God so that we can grow. He says that we are to mature. The only way we mature is that we hear the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, not by reading, not by studying, but hearing the word of God. So we got to hear the word in order for us to mature in the word. So those, they are called to a certain office. But if you're a hairstylist like yourself or myself, and we're working in a salon or on a school, we our job is still just as important because not everybody is going to go to a church. And when they go to a church, see, the, the fish got to be caught before they can be cleaned. The way they're caught is in the salon. The way they're caught is, you know, on a football field or on a basketball court with Seth Curry, who's one of my favorite players, because he always glorifies God. You know, that's why I love him so much. You know, he's not ashamed of the gospel or um, what's the other guy, the football player. I can't think of his name right now, but I love those athletes because you know, not so much what they do on the court, but how they glorify God. So God puts all of us in positions, you know, on our job, particularly on our job, because that's where we spend most of our time. So while we're there, you know, we don't have to walk around with a sign saying, I'm a Christian, you're going to hell. If you don't <laughs> confess Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, right. you got to live the life and be a disciple. And that is just being a disciplined one you know, yeah. and letting your light so shine that men would see your good work because they're going to come. They're going to come to you. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. And you're in a perfect position for that because you can affect more people where you are in your schools and your salons than a pastor can in a church. By the time they get to church, they really need to already be at a certain level because the Bible says some plant, some water, but God gives the increase. By the time they get into a church, they're ready to serve God. They're ready, but you got to catch them while they're in the salon. You got to catch them while they're out there playing tennis or in the school or uh, wherever they are. If our light is shining, they're going to end up coming to us because they want to know, well, what's different about you? Well, why, you know, why are you so different? You know, that anointing is drawing people to us. It's not us. But the more time we spend with him, the light of Jesus is going to shine brighter in us. And that light is going to dispel the darkness all around us. But yes, with persecution, there's persecution that is going to come because not everybody, you know, wants what we want. But it's OK. The ones that do. Okay. You know, I had um, real quick. God was showing me I had a student at Paul Mitchell in um, Sherman Oaks. And. I remember when I was there, you know, everybody knew I was a Christian, not because I was going around preaching, but just, you know, the, they allowed me to, you know, share, share the word. Uh, and so I haven't heard from this student since I left there. And that was back in 2011. And he happened to call me. He saw me on Facebook and he said, you know, he, no, he texted me and he said, Stella, I, I need you to pray for me. And you know what? Before the end of the day, I did end up praying for him, but God was showing me, he said, your fruit, this is part of your fruit from, you know, 10 years ago, 13 years ago, he said, so there's many that are going to come and there's many that you planted into, you don't even know 
all of them or who they are, you, you'll maybe never know, but that fruit is going to come because of the seeds that were planted years and years and years ago. So that really blessed me. I was like, Tony, he, he said, he said, Dr. Davis, you know, I remember you and I just need some prayer. And he wanted me to pray about his salon and all the things that, you know, his future. And I did, and it was powerful. And I know God is doing great things in his life, but that's what we want. That's, that's our ministry. Mm-hmm. That's our calling. Yeah. And I Whatever think it just goes back to just bloom where you're planted right now, right? Right. Serve if you're and, a postman. And value. Mm-hmm. Yes. Whatever so you do, that. be good at that because God will promote you. He'll elevate yeah. you. Promotion comes from above. He'll enlarge your territory, but yeah. you got to be faithful over little before yeah. he'll make you ruler over much. And that's where the the challenge comes in because like you said we want to jump to the top and not Painful go through the process little. i love that so much yeah yeah mm-hmm. we so don't want to go through the process <laughs> exactly and that process you know he said because when we say mold me make me shape me into the vessel that you want me to be you know he's chiseling off some things you know he said i chasing those whom i love so he's always knocking off some stuff you know and building us up and really just you know, we're, we're being shaped into his image and it's a process. I love that analogy so much because we've been talking a lot about, you know, good habits and bad habits. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes most people don't realize some of the bad habits that they have. And and so I, I really involve my team. And when I coach people as well as doing assessments, because we need to see some of those blind spots that could be there and be able to shake those off, right. Chisel those off as well. Um, what's what's one last piece of advice? And uh, first of all, you can find uh, Stella, Dr. Stella Spicer Ministries on her YouTube channel. So follow her, Spirit, Soul, and Body Beautiful, which is incredible. Is there any other ways to find you? I know you do a Monday morning mantle prayer conference uh, call mm-hmm. every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard right. Time. Uh, right. Is there any other way to get a hold of you? Well, I'm on Facebook. I have uh, a Facebook too. My personal one is just Stella Spicer. The one that um, where I really minister to cosmetologists is called Cosmetologists for Christ. That's a Facebook page that they can go to. It's on Facebook, uh, also Twitter, um, Instagram. I don't do a lot on Instagram. I'm building that right now. But um, and then like we talked about earlier, I'm going to be starting a school of ministry at the, yes. the beginning of 2023. So mm-hmm. people that want to really learn more about, you know, the things of God, but it'll be under more Cirillo's world evangelism. And I'm in the school of ministry right now, but I'll be graduating. I'll be getting ordained. I'll be getting my master's and all of that before I actually launch out and start here in the LA area. So that's my next. Amazing. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's going to be incredible. Uh, So what's one last piece of advice that you want to let people know how to walk into their calling, if you will, to be called? One last piece of advice is, you know, be content at whatever state that you're in, because God is the one that's the work that he begun in us. He will complete it. Mm-hmm. He will complete it. Not us, but he is the one. The Holy Spirit is the one that leads us, guides us. He's our leader, our teacher, and our guide. And God has a plan for us. He knows the thoughts he thinks towards us. He knows the plans that he has for us, plans to prosper us, plans to bring us to a great and uh, glorious end, to a hope and a future. That's uh, Jeremiah 29 and 11. And it's not easy because we're anxious. We want to be anxious. We want to step out. We want to be big. We want to be known. We want to be influencers. We want Because the world system, you know, is always... We're always, we always want to compare ourselves with others and say, well, they're doing this. I should be doing that. They're way up here and I'm way down here. You know, don't compare yourself with others. That is one of the worst. And the other thing is you got to be delivered from people, from the standpoint of people's opinion about you, because everyone has one. But what's more important is what does God think about you? And 
we when we can get to that point, which I'm striving all the time because it's like, oh, you know, we're we're our own worst critics. But God is saying, no, I'm going to lead you. I'm going to guide you. I'll direct you. But the only way that's going to happen is you got to learn to hear my voice. You got to listen. Your footsteps are ordered of the Lord. When you hear my voice, then you will know the direction that I have for you, that I have for you to go, not where you want to go, because obviously where we want to go is not where God wants to take us. So I know that was a long answer to a short question, but I would say just, you know, try and get into the presence of God as much as possible. He's not going to lead you wrong. He said he would never leave you nor forsake you. He said he won't lead you wrong. He's going to lead you in the right direction and the right pathway because God, you know, we got to get a revelation that God loves us so much and he wants, he wants more for us than we want for ourselves. Yeah. But we got to, you know, we got to get a revelation of that Mm -hmm. and not feel like that we're being condemned. We're not being condemned with the world. The Bible says that there's therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So he will convict us of sin. He will let us know when we're wrong because he'll chasten us because he loves us, but we're not condemned. He's not standing up there with a hammer saying, okay, you did that wrong. You did this wrong. You did that. You said that. No, that's not the kind of God that we serve. He loves us so much. And the love of God is just so precious. And I'm just so happy that we had a chance to connect after all this time. And I'm so proud of you, Tina. Oh, my God. Every time I go on your page and see all the things that you're doing, I'm like, oh, that girl, she has got she is on fire, 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 fire. And I love it. You just Just you have no idea. (laughs) What'd you say? Just keep on plowing. Being content. Plowing and planting you know, yes. uh, as we close this out, um, Stella, I feel like there's some people that are listening to this that maybe even don't even know the Lord. And so maybe mm-hmm. you could pray a little prayer uh, before we close out. That would be amazing. Oh, well, you know, that's my favorite thing to do. You know, I'm definitely uh, all those titles that you put behind my name. <laughs> the first one should be prayer warrior yes, because that is that was probably one of the first callings that God placed in me. Uh, but nevertheless, yes, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank and praise you for this awesome occasion that you have allowed us to just come together to share around your word. If there's anyone that's listening under the sound of my voice today that doesn't know Jesus, the Bible says if you just confess with your mouth, and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, Romans 10, 9, and 10, that you would be saved. Now, you might say, well, what is what does that mean? Well, first of all, it means that when you die, you're not going to hell. You're going to heaven to be with the Lord. But aside from that, the salvation package encompasses healing, deliverance, not just salvation, but your life will change forever. You'll have peace that passes all understanding. You'll have joy, unspeakable, full of glory. The love of God that's shed in your, abroad in your heart. That is the salvation package. So if you're listening under the sound of my voice today and you haven't accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, he is a free gift. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So I want you to just take the opportunity today today, not tomorrow, because we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but God is calling you today to accept that free gift of salvation, to know that God loves you. He wants the very, very best for you. He is your all in all. He said he would never leave you nor forsake you. So I invite you today to accept Jesus into your life. Let him be the head of your life. Let him be the one that leads, guides, and directs you. And I tell you, your future will just be glorious and you'll be able to serve the true and living God. So Father, we just thank you for this awesome occasion. We thank you for this awesome opportunity to just come before your throne of grace because you said we would obtain mercy and grace and help in time of need. And you know that we need your help. We thank you for being our helper, our leader, our teacher, and our guide. And Father, we'll be careful to give you the glory, all the honor and thanksgiving that you and you alone deserve. We ask it all in the mighty, matchless, majestic name, King Jesus, our Savior. And we stand in agreement and we say amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Thank you, Stella. I love you so much. Thank you for being on the podcast today.
Oh, it was such a blessing, Tina. I love you and I love everything that you're doing. Continue. Let God use you because you're on a trajectory that I tell you, <laughs> God is using you mightily and there's great things that he has in store for you. And um, just let him, you know, be your navigation and guide you because don't be anxious though. Be anxious for nothing. Just let him be your guiding light and continue to let your light so shine before men because when they see your good works and you give all the glory to the Lord, I tell you, there's no good thing that he will withhold from you because you walk up right before him in Jesus name. Amen. I love you so much. Take care, Stella. <laughs> bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to send us your stories of transformation through www.tinablack.net. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give it a rating and subscribe. See you next time.